Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I am back from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. My 20-hour odyssey is over. Up at 4 a.m. one day, up at 3 a.m. the next day. <laughs> Uh, it was whirlwind, uh, not the uh, usual four-day event that sometimes I, I uh, spend there. But it's good to be back. And we've got lots of mailbag questions, not a surprise. We'll have some today, even some left over probably for tomorrow. But let's get started. All right, we'll start with Greg, who tweeted us. It says, unless a miracle happens, it appears that we'll see a combination of Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert at quarterback. If this happens, wouldn't it make more sense to solidify the offensive line and try to run the ball more? Although Bruce Arians prefers a pass more, a return to Dungy Ball might be a best chance to win. Um, you know, it's a good question. I, I, I think as far as, you know, there's two things there. Solidify the offensive line. Look, I don't care what your scheme is. That's, that's going to now become really job number 1A because they're trying to find a quarterback potentially, you know, in a trade. There's really not a lot of great free agent quarterbacks. I think we've talked about Gabbert and Trask, but regardless, let's say you let's say you have the idea to attract a quarterback. Let's say it's a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson, and they both have no trade clauses. Do we not think both those guys are going to want to be protected and know who the hell your offensive line is going to be? I mean, right now they just have two starting tackles. That's it. It's a good place to start, Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs, but you couldn't tell any free agent quarterback or a quarterback that you are considering trading, who's in front of them and who's at their feet. And that might be the more important spots in some respects um, because the quickest path to the quarterback is inside. So who's my center? Is it Ryan Jensen? Um, is it Robert Hainsey? We're we going with a, a, you know, really essentially a rookie or a first year, you know, guy in his second year that hasn't played. Um, you know, you've lost Ali Marpet. He retired. Not only is who replacing him, if it's Aaron Stinney, he's a free agent, but what about, Ryan Jensen, you know, what about Alex Kappa? Like, are we getting any of these guys back? So, regardless of whether you run the ball or, or protect the passer, I mean, it has just become now, and I wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times, I mean, this has now become one of their top priorities at, right after quarterback. I mean, prior to this, you could say, okay, well, they've got to get, you know, maybe one of those, of those two guys back. And I was thinking Kappa might be that guy, you know, um, but they're going to cost now. It seems like they're going to cost close to $10 million. Now they're going to get some money from Ali Marpet who redid his contract a bunch of times, but they're probably going to get like three or 4 million from him for him not playing. That's not enough, you know, for a, a starting guard, but how much money are you going to have, you know, to spend now on the offensive line and running the football sounds good, but they've only got one running back. That's the other part of the equation, okay? Well, you want to run the ball. Well, who are you running it with? You know, Keyshawn Vaughn's the only guy under contract, and they, they have a, lot, a hell of a lot more faith in Keyshawn Vaughn than I do or probably than Buck fans do because in this offense, you've got to do everything. You, you know, they can't put you on the field if you can't pass protect. And Vaughn can do that. 
But you got to have more than one. And that's why Ronald Jones probably isn't going to be come back because he was bad in pass protection. They couldn't trust him. Does Leonard Fournette come back at $8 million? You know, it's, it's really interesting um, if you think about the Bucks' offense. And I'm, I'm one that believes, not believes, but knows that your football is still not changed in, ever since they invented the game. If you watch the ball, you miss the game. You know, everybody watches the ball. The ball snaps the quarterback. Quarterback's got the ball. Quarterback throws it down the field. That's not the game. The game is in front of you. The game is, is in front of the quarterback. The game is the offensive and defensive line. Nothing can happen unless they win there. If your offensive line doesn't win, it doesn't matter what play you call. It doesn't matter who's open. It doesn't matter anything because the timing, all that stuff's messed up. If your defensive line can't get to the quarterback, they're going to rip you apart in the NFL. So they have got a lot of holes on offense. You go, well, they got Mike Evans. We don't know about Chris Godwin. He's a free agent. Um, we don't know about Rob Gronkowski. He could retire any day. Essentially have no tight end. T- Cameron Brait is pass catcher at best, right? Plays about 11 to 12 snaps a game when they had Gronk and they had O.J. Howard. There's no O.J. Howard. So you got a hole at tight end. Now you got three starting offensive line positions that are open. Center, two guards. I mean, that's, that's a lot of holes to fill. Wide receiver, it's down to Mike Evans and Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. In, in other words, guys that didn't play, or when they did play, didn't play very well with the exception of Evans. So you're rebuilding, essentially, the offense from the quarterback down. And I mean, that, that's a daunting thing. So, yes, I think they're going to have to play different. I don't think they're going to run the ball 40 times. They're not going to be the 49ers. That's not the offense. Bruce Arians is not going to compromise on his no risk it, no biscuit. You know, uh, there's going to be a lot more verticals than when Tom Brady played even because, you know, Tom is one that is patient, will take what the offense gives him and dink and duck down the field if he has to. And I think it'll probably be a return to more downfield throws and things like that. But you've got to protect those. Those plays take time. They take time. And so – Regardless of what the game plan is, you're going to have to rebuild that offensive line, whether it's pass protection or running the football. I would think that playing complementary football would be a pretty good idea if you're going to have a young quarterback in Kyle Trask or even a Blaine Gabbert. You know, you still got to score points in this league, but you, you might have to find a different way to do it. But they're never going to be, in my opinion, a team that runs it 40 times. If they were going to do that, then go get Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, that's your court. That should be your quarterback, and he's available in a trade. But I've talked to Arians about that, and 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 he they don't see Garoppolo as a good fit for this offense because he doesn't throw the ball down the field. So they want to attack down the field. They're not going to compromise on that. But I do think you can play complementary ball in that. You know, field position is going to matter. The hopefully the defense and Bruce said this the other day. He thinks the defense doesn't get enough credit. Um, they're frankly the more whole unit, which is saying something when you consider. That Sue's a free agent. Pierre Paul's a free agent. Uh, both those guys are expected to play, but I don't know if they'll play here. Um, you know, Devin White's coming off kind of a shaky year. Vontae David's another year older. Bull Golston is a free agent. Uh, Carlton Davis, your top corner, is a free agent. So you've got, you know, you've got some holes, a ton of holes there. This they they don't like the word rebuild, but that's frankly what this is. Um, they're going to try to win the South because they think that it's there to be won. Uh, and a lot of it will depend on how many guys they get back. But it starts with the offensive line. 
But philosophically, uh, it would depend on who the quarterback is, but I don't see them turning and handing the ball off 30 times a game. All right, Kyle tweeted, what impact, if any, does the Ali Marpet retirement announcement have on the Bucks' draft strategy or free agent target? Well, both, and we talked to Bruce about that. And the, the free agent strategy first, and he said it and foremost, is to get as many of their guys back as they possibly can. But with Ali's retirement, that's kind of throwing a wrench into it because now the number one goal, and it's a good question on the heels of the last one, it kind of butterflies in nicely, the number one goal now of free agency is not just to get your guys back, but you have to get offensive linemen back. And, you know, prior to this, prior to Ali retiring, my thought was, look, if they can get either Ryan Jensen or Alex Kappa, they'll be okay. Because they still and, – and then, and then also probably, probably Aaron Stenny, who's going to be a lesser free agent to resign. I mean, I don't think Stenny's going to make $10 million a year. So, you know, if you could get – some continuity because you know if you remember Kappa got hurt during the Super Bowl year and then the playoffs in the Super Bowl he missed Aaron Stenny went in and they essentially had their other four starters and they didn't miss a beat so the thought is okay we lose say Kappa um and we get Stenny we're okay we lose Stenny or, or we lose uh Jensen we got Robert Hainsey bring Stenny back uh, bring Kappa back, we're okay. You know, we got four-fifths of the offensive line, that kind of thing. So they're, they're striving for continuity now with Marpet gone as well. Now now you almost have to bring back potentially both guys, and that is going to be expensive, and that is now a priority in free agency. You've got the quarterback, obviously, but you've got to find a way to protect that quarterback. And so I think whether it's the draft, more likely they'll, they'll have to look at some guys – in this draft that they may have may have thought, you know what, let's let's go for a receiver here or let's, you know, they always say they're going to take the best player. You always hear that in every draft. What they mean is they're going to take the best player in the biggest need. And and that's not to say, you know, if you have a great receiver that you you bypass him because you just have to have an offensive lineman. But it does put a priority on the offensive line. We remember a couple of years ago they traded up with the San Francisco 49ers to get in position to take Tristan Wirfs. How brilliant was that? You know, it cost them a pretty good pick. Um, but they moved. They had to have a right tackle. They moved, and they got a guy that could wear a gold jacket one day. If you could do that at guard this year, um, that might be a hell of a way to go. But they're going to have to pay a lot more of attention now, you know, to the offensive line in the draft because of that. And this, this definitely jambles everything up. And I, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it, it was unexpected. Again, if you think about the man, you think about Ali, you go, okay, I get it. But it, it was, it's, as Bruce said, it threw a monkey wrench into the whole process. All right, Bennett tweeted us. Who's the most likely candidate to be traded to Tampa Bay? I would assume he's talking quarterbacks. And I, I would say, even though as we sit here today, they haven't said they won't sign off. I haven't had a first conversation with the Glazers. There's a general sense that it's going to be tough to get the Glazer family to sign off on Deshaun Watson. But I would say this. Uh, we're still a ways from free agency. We're still a ways, more importantly, from the draft, which is what you're going to have to use to get Deshaun Watson, his draft picks, and lots of them, right? 
a lot of first rounders, minimum of three, and then something. So his problems, nothing has changed, you know, with him, and it's unfortunate because it's been over a year. But we're getting closer because depositions are going to be taken soon. Um, the the prosecutors, uh, you know, down there are going to have to decide whether the 10 criminal complaints are going to stand up or they're going to go away. And I think if there's settlements in the civil cases, you may see some of those, some of those criminal complaints go away. If he's not charged criminally, that helps him obviously with the league. Um, But regardless, he could still get and probably will get some punishment from the league. So, you know, I, I think just looking at the quarterbacks that are available through trade, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's now coming off shoulder surgery, we found out left, left shoulder surgery. And, I know that there are coaches, lots of them, and I would put Bruce Arians in this category, really, really would love to have Deshaun Watson. And I think they would have him even with the problems that he's undergoing now. I mean, they obviously you got to have those behind you to play. Um, but by the same token, I think they feel like they know him. And they don't know what went on in these situations. They have some, you know, some different opinions than I do. Um but once once those and they will get behind him, you know. Here's the thing that that whole episode will be put behind him one way or the other. He'll either go to jail, which is unlikely in my opinion. He'll settle all these cases civilly, which is more likely, and then he'll face some sort of punishment from the league, which is very likely. The punishment from the league, though, I think, in a weird way, might be mitigated by the fact that he didn't play last year. Now they didn't suspend him, and he got all his money, and they could have played him. But he simply didn't want to play for the Texans. He told them that. They couldn't do a, make a trade with Miami because of those cases. And so he essentially took himself out of a whole season. But he got paid. He got a crude service, all that. So it's not like he was suspended. But I still think when the league thinks about how many games does Deshaun Watson deserve, I, I think they'll look at the fact that, well, he didn't play all of last year. So we're going to take another year away from him. Um, he's only 26. They love him as a quarterback. You'd have him for maybe 10 years. Um, so this is one that's rare because of his age and his production. People forget. It was two years ago he led the NFL in passing his last season. He made three Pro Bowls in four years. I mean, he's a hell of a quarterback. But can you, can you stomach the rest of it? Do you have an appetite for the rest of it? And that's what the ownership has to figure out. You know, And both Bruce... Arians and Jason Light said, look, this is a, a sign-off on the ownership. But it's hard for them to sign off until they have all the information. And, you know, his, his situation hasn't changed much since a year ago. But I think we're getting closer to it. So it's a long way of saying I think the most likely guy they trade for is the guy that's available and that they like, and that would be Deshaun Watson. All right, Ellis tweeted this question. I stole this question, but I'd love to hear your take on it. One game only, 2002 Bucks defense against the 2020 Bucks offense. Which side gets the edge? Well, I, with apologies to the greatest quarterback of all time, and why would you ever bet against Tom Brady, but I'm going to. I'm going to say the 02 defense gets it because I saw these guys. It wasn't 02. It was 99 when they, when they were in their prime. It was really late 90s through the 2000 and probably eight, eight or so. But they were the dominant defense in the NFL. In 99 season, 2000 playoffs, they went up against the greatest show on turf, 
a team that had scored over 500 points, number one offense by a lot. And they're going to win that game 6-5. to five. And they're, they're actually winning the game 6-5. to five. Uh, Safety was, a, I think, a bad snap through the end zone. Um, that was two of, of, the, uh, of the Rams' points. The Rams essentially have been held to a field goal until four minutes and 44 seconds left in the game. Okay? And that was no fluke. That offense with Kurt Warner and those guys were unbelievable. And they went on to win a Super Bowl against the Titans. So it started there. And that was the greatest offense at, at that time of a generation. And then you flash forward to 2 when they were really in their prime. And they played the number one offense in the league with Rich Gannon and the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders had Jerry Rice and Tim Brown that were still effective. Charlie Gardner, I think. Um, you know, they had a lot of weapons, a good offensive line. And the Bucks destroyed them. Five interceptions of Rich Gannon. Some of that because of John Gruden's familiarity with the Raiders, who he had just coached a year ago, year before, and he knew Gannon, knew his audibles, all of that. Those stories are legendary. But if you think about that defense, right now, that defense has three Hall of Fame players on it, okay? The Bucks offense of last year, or Super Bowl offense, you had probably at least that many, right? You had, you had uh, Brady, probably Mike Evans before his career is over. Certainly Antonio Brown, in my opinion. Um, and, and there could be more, you know, because their careers aren't over yet. We don't know about Chris Godwin. We don't know about, you know, some of these others. So it's kind of a wash there. But there are three, you know, probably three Hall of Fame players on that Raiders offense and certainly on the Rams. So, but, but the continuity, just, just the nonverbal communication, the consistency of that defense. You, you really had trouble finding big plays against them ever. And they didn't need many points to win. You know, it was the old, the anthem was, give me 17. You know, if you looked at the scores and if, uh, if the Bucks scored 17, they damn near won every game. And so that, they were just so great that I, I think that, I think it's much easier to shut down a great offense than it is to be, you know, to, to overcome a great defense. That's just my opinion. And I, it, it's not a lot of people with recency bias would say, oh, no, the Bucks would score 30 points again. No, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> they just wouldn't because they couldn't run the ball. You wouldn't run the ball on them. And then they get you in third down and then at cover two and they disguise things so well and they're not going to give you big plays. And, you know, you're going to punt the ball a lot against them. And I would take the O2 defense over Tom Brady's offense when he was here. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Narenda tweeted us kind of a pointed question here. Will Bruce Arians retire when his feelings get hurt this season because he won't have a quarterback to find him a miracle victory and have an 8-9 and record this season and he'll finally won't have Jameis Winston to take the fall for losses? What's some hate in that question, man? Wow. So 
if I had to analyze it, I'd say he's a Jameis advocate, feels like Arians scapegoated Winston and got bailed out by the greatest quarterback of all time, and so it's all smoke and mirrors. I'm not sure I agree with any of that. I'm really not. And by the way, I don't know if we talked enough about this the other day on the podcast, but I thought that Bruce Arians, when I asked him about Jameis Winston, I thought his response <laughs> was genius. So I asked him, I said, you know, there is a free agent. We were talking about how guys aren't available. Nobody's available, right? They're all, they're all part of other teams, and then those teams don't want to give up their quarterbacks. And that's true. I said, well, you got one free agent that you know very well. You know, played here, threw 33 touchdowns for you, 5,000 yards, also threw 30x. Um, I said, but would you be opposed if it came down to it, if the last guy standing, right, the best evaluated quarterback available was Jameis Winston, would you be opposed to getting him? And he said, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't want that for him. <laughs> Completely turn around. It's not that, honey, it's not, it's not you, it's not me, it's not you, it's me. I just don't think it would be right for you to remarry me because I would hate that for you. Um, I love you dearly and would do it in a heartbeat. I don't think Bruce Arians wants to go down that road. And 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 in fairness, if I if I if there was a team for Jameis to go to, another team, any team, I think he'd be better there because I think I know what Bruce is saying. You know, do you really get a fair shake if you go out there and you throw a pick six in the first game or the first two games, or you get two interceptions in you know a couple games? This town. This fan base that's been spoiled by Tom Brady for two years that had five seasons of watching Jameis do this, they wouldn't give him a shot. You know, they wouldn't. And I think it'd be a very short-lived sort of effort. And people would say, rather than get through the whole year and evaluate it at the end of the year, people would be, you know, reading the tea leaves every day. They'd be taking the temperatures like, ah, oh, here we go. Like, see, he's on pace to throw 30 again. He's on... And it might be week two, right? You're going to get that right away, the first series of the, of the of the season. I just don't think he's going to get the benefit of the doubt that he would get with some other club that would say, hey, he's our starter. We're going to play him for a year. Let's see what he can do with our team, whether it's Pittsburgh or the Saints or whomever, versus you know a jaded Tampa Bay fan base that has seen it all with him. And he's not the same guy. He's older now, and he's, you know. Well, he went to Harvard. But- they went to the Harvard quarterback camp, which drove Sean Payton out of the game. <laughs> one one half year with Jameis and Sean was ready to quit uh, rather than come back and deal with him. But no, I I think that that question was loaded with sarcasm, and I think you're underestimating. First of all, to the victor goes the spoils. Whatever you think of Bruce Arians, okay, he's had – Lots of success. He didn't get to be a head coach till he's down near 60. He's probably a Hall of Fame coach now. If he were to ever win another Super Bowl, it's a lock, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of coaches with one Super Bowl in the NFL. There's very few with two that aren't in, in the Pro Bowl Hall of Fame, I mean. And here's the other thing. It's like nobody apologizes, you know, when you're, on, when you're the head coach that has superstars on your team. They don't go, well... You know, Phil Jackson had had Michael Jordan, so he's not a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, look who he had. There's coaching that has to be done with those guys too, sometimes especially with those superstar players. 
You know, you've got to manage their egos. You've got to manage their expectations. And, and Tom Brady was very demanding. And Bruce was demanding of him. And they had to work through some stuff. And not many coaches other than Belichick, you know, could have kind of handled that celebrity quarterback dynamic. And Bruce did. And um, I thought he did a brilliant job of, with a veteran team, giving those guys their legs back, managing, you know, their workload, um, keeping them fresh for Sunday, digging out of a 7-5 and five start, working through problems, working through Leonard Fournette. Um, you know, so, so much was should, should go, you know, go to him. If you're going to credit anybody, you're, obviously you're going to credit Brady. I mean, the question says, well, you lucked out, he got Brady. Well, you know, Brady doesn't come here and play for anybody. You know, the fact that Bruce is who Bruce is and guys like Peyton Manning and others knew him very well and knew what he was about is why Brady came and why it all worked. He's a, he's a hell of a coach. He's very demanding. And, you know, I, I think you have to credit him for recruiting Brady in some respect. Brady had a choice, and he chose to play for this head coach. And, and you know, I would think after playing for Belichick, it was very important to him who, who was going to be the coach. So, look, everybody shares, you know, it's the old, you know, success has a thousand fathers and, and failure is an orphan. Well, it wasn't just Tom Brady. And that's, I know personally that's something that annoys Bruce Arians a little bit. And not for himself. He's not saying, hey, it was me. But and, – and you can't – I mean, the, the greatest quarterback of all time now has won, you know, seven of these, right? He's the common denominator. But it's the ultimate team game. Even Tom Brady will tell you that. The quarterback – is the most dependent player on the field. If you think about it, it's like, wait a minute, how is he the most? Well, because he doesn't have the ball. The center does. So everything's got to work from there, from the snap. The protection has to be right. The guys have to run the right routes. They have to read the defense the way he does. Um, they've got to make the catches. You know, like he can't do anything by himself. He's just standing there patting the ball. He's not going to win any games doing that. So he, he needs everything around him to go well. And, and I think a lot of times, and this is Bruce's point, is like we don't give enough credit to Mike Evans. We don't give enough credit to Chris Godwin. We don't give enough credit to Todd Bowles. We don't give enough credit to Devin White or Indomitian Sue or, you know, Vita Vey or, or, you know, JPP or Shaq Barrett. I mean, what about the plays Winfield made? What about the plays that Sean Murphy Bunting made in the postseason? What about JPP sacking, you know, Aaron Rodgers? Like, Tom Brady didn't win it by himself. Tom Brady had one of the worst halves of football the second half in the championship game the year they won the Super Bowl at Green Bay, as you'll ever see. He threw through three picks and got Green Bay right back in the game. But we don't talk about that, right? So, I, you know, I know this is probably somebody that feels like Arian's got a hall pass because he won with Brady and loves Jameis Winston. But they did the right thing by changing quarterbacks. And they got they got the greatest quarterback of all time, and they won a Super Bowl. I think they all should share in the victory, and uh, that includes Bruce Arians. So, one more thing on Jameis: we always talk about you don't want to be the guy who follows the guy. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to be the guy who follows the guy when you were already chased out of town <laughs> by that guy. <laughs> and maybe that's, that's what right. Bruce means by I, I. I wouldn't want that for him. That's a great point. It's like, you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy, but you don't want to be the guy that follows the guy that followed you because you weren't the guy. 
You were anything but ever the guy. I mean, you're you already, know? I mean, you're talking about hands tied behind your back and behind the eight ball oh. or whatever else when you come in on that one. Brutal. I, I don't even know. I wouldn't know where to begin if we go out there and, you know, it's opening day or second game, whatever, home game, and, and he throws two picks and they lose. I, I can't even imagine the press conference. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always say, have the press conference. Hey, Bruce, um, has to be said, like, this is the same Jameis Winston we saw for five years and you had him for 33 interceptions. What's changed? What were you thinking? How did you think this would work or this would be better? I mean, there won't be any grace period. You know, you could play any quarter. You could play – Blaine Gabbert will get a longer leash than Jameis Winston would if he came back again, you know? It's like remarrying somebody that cheated on you. It's like, you know, how many times before the guy comes home with lipstick on his collar and the old, you know, hey, honey, did you do it to me again? Like, you don't remarry that guy. It's just I, I just don't think that it's a good idea for either party I think that's what Bruce is saying. And this question kind of reeks of, you know, well, the Bucks lucked out. Arians is, is lucked out. and But we just went through the whole process. Like, Tom Brady had a choice, and he chose to come here, and Arians had to do some things during the year to make it work, and they did. And they all share in the victory. They all do. And it's a coach-quarterback league, man. And you're not going to find a coach that wins a Super Bowl without a good quarterback. And most of the time, you're not going to find a good quarterback who wins without a decent coach. So, it's like I said, like Brady says all the time, it's the ultimate team game. All right, Thad tweeted, regarding a possible stadium series game at Raymond James Stadium, Lightning CEO Steve Griggs says the best window is January 15th to February 6th. How could the NHL ever award an outdoor game to the Bolts in that window as long as the Bucks are still a franchise and might have a home playoff game? Um, well, because January 15th, they have to be probably on the, on the early side because there's an, a 17, it's a 17 game season now in the NFL. Yeah. The, the last Bowl, playoff games was what the last weekend of January, which would be like January 30th, 31st, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I mean, they, they the, played the, the Super conference Bowl championships. On, yeah. Conference championship was the, January. It was in February. Conference the off January week, 30th. It was the last yeah. weekend in January, and then the, the first week of February was the bye week, and then they played the Super Bowl right. in the middle of February. And if the window is to February 6th, the NHL needs more than a week to set everything up. Needs more than a week? Oh, yeah. They were setting up in Nashville for a couple weeks prior. Well, I think you could do it in January. Well, but what he's saying think, is you can't schedule it because the Bucks could end up with a playoff game. Because it could be playoff games? Yeah, that's what he's asking. Is If that's the window in Tampa Bay weather-wise, January 15th, but February January, 6th. January is not... But but I, you plan these a year ahead of time. If the Bucks have a home yeah. playoff game, what do you do? Right. You have to cancel the game. That's what he's saying, is that you, can't, you couldn't schedule it at Raymond. You have to do what the Titans did, and it's scheduled February 26th, weeks after the Super Bowl. But it's too warm here by then. Presumably, at this point, yes. That's, that's what the question is. I don't know. Well, I, I guess you're right. I mean, I guess if, if you're definitely in the playoffs by January 15th, which I guess you would be. But the be, thing right? is, these, these games are awarded a, a year ahead of time. You don't know. I mean, you have no clue if the No, I'm just saying the if, there, if there could potentially be playoff games. If it's yeah. regular season, you can handle it. Yeah. You can make sure you don't have a regular season game or two at the end of the season. Yeah, but January 15th, you're in playoffs. Yeah, if that's always a postseason, I don't see how you could do it. Yeah. 
until the Rays get their new stadium with a retractable roof, and then you play there instead. See? Or, yeah, that's... I guess you have to play it on a Saturday or a weekend, right? I, I think they would prefer that, but... wouldn't make sense to play it any other time. I mean, for traveling How long? Let me ask such. you this. What, is it, what does it take to break that down? Afterwards? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I know the setup began at least two weeks prior in Nashville. Yeah. And, you know... I mean, there are, there are schedules where you wouldn't have a regular season game the last two regular season games. But now you're talking December instead of January. But not, and if you're a wild card, you're usually on the road, usually... But, but like I said, you, could you, you have you it have, set up? If there's a potential have playoff up, game, you can't. But could you have it set up on a Saturday and break it down and have a football game on Sunday? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Be too much. Uh... Not only that, but they cover the field. I mean, you don't know what the condition the grass would be in at that point, too. Yeah, you probably have to resod it unless they could unless they could preserve it underneath somehow. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they can't do it. There might be places they can't do it, right? Yeah. Well, as of now, the NHL has studied it here. Uh, Steve Mayer, the chief content officer for the NHL, mentioned they've been to Tampa and studied it. And at this point, it's not feasible. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't mm-hmm. change in the future as the ways they make ice or this or that, you know, things that they can do that could possibly allow that. And it's not that you couldn't pick a day this, this winter and say you could have played it on this day, sure, but you don't know that a year ahead of time when yeah. you're scheduling these games. And for everything that goes it, into it, it's not like you can just go. Oh, this Saturday we're gonna we're gonna play one. Let's build it. Right. Doesn't work that way. So. so Why? From, let me ask you this: What? Uh, yeah, they couldn't have it any later. They say than February what fifteenth. They're saying the best window is January fifteenth to February sixth. Historically, when you look at the weather, historically, mm-hmm. that's the best window to play the game in. It doesn't mean yeah. that you know. March fifteenth couldn't be a perfect day for it this year. Yeah, you, but it's but not. That's pretty. It's not as likely. It's, it's not you know, or February twenty sixth, like this past Saturday. Yeah, you just don't know. You know, a year ahead of time, it's less likely than that other window. But you know, we know the weather changes all the time. Well, what they'll need is a new football stadium, and then just play it that- at Raymond James. That is at Raymond James. That's not open air. Has a roof, but is like one of these uh, clear, yeah. you know, open window or maybe even a breezeway type yep. situation. I don't know, like SoFi. Like US, I, it'd be interesting to see what what US the Bucks Bank. come up with. Yeah, U.S. I'm thinking more U.S. Bank than SoFi. Yeah, where it's you know ice. In, it's indoors essentially, and you can you yep. can refrigerate that thing. Probably what they would need to do. So we're we're a ways from ever seeing one, I think. Yep. All right, the Tampa Bay 98ers, uh, referring to the attendance at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented by RP Funding. Maybe the Rays will take note and hire the Sports Day Tampa Bay podcast to pump up attendance. It doesn't have to be 40%. You know, I, I've long wondered, and I probably need to talk to our digital sales team, but I've long wondered why why the teams don't advertise on this podcast they probably should i mean we take their money everywhere else right it's weird like i cover the box so i don't know if i can actually do a bucks read but at the end of the day you know we do ads all the time for all three teams mm-hmm. color ads they pay for them we put them in our paper there's usually a separation of church and state there between advertising and, and, and you know editorial content 
Um, but if you're anybody and you just saw the St. Pete Grand Prix, Firestone St. Pete Grand Prix, presented by RP Funding, that was February 25th through the 27th, just this past weekend. And you saw, oh, what was it, Steve? 200,000 people? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, gotta, we have to take credit for at least, I don't know, 198,000 of those in, anyway, right? I mean... Why not take credit I for mean, all of them? I mean, that's what everybody else does. Well, all I'm saying is they broke attendance records. They had never advertised with this podcast, and then that happened. Mm-hmm. All and, fact. And everybody kept saying, hey, Rick, is there a race this, Is there a race in February? Hey, you know anything about this? And they, they got sick of the ads, but you guys all went, didn't you? You all went, and you found out about it because you listened to this podcast. So advertising works. It's one of the greatest endorsements we should have for our podcast, and we should continue to talk about what unmitigated success is the St. Petersburg, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg presented by RP Funding was this past February 25th through the 27th. I can't say it enough. You know? Past all those landmarks. Finishing on the grandstand of Albert Wooded Airport. It was... uh, Advertising on this podcast is the way to go. So if you have anything, shoot me a text message. I'll give you some phone numbers you can call, and we'll get you hooked up. Can't wait for the next one. All right, we still got a ton of your uh, mailbag questions to get to. We'll do some of that tomorrow as well. The Rays minor league camps are open, so I'm glad to know my friend Mark Topkin has something to do because Lord knows when there will be Major League Baseball as these two sides are at an impasse. We have some mailbag uh, questions on that for tomorrow. So uh, That's good. We'll focus on that. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're back to, uh, as you've noted, Steve, playing about every other day. Um, they've got back-to-back games now with the Penguins and then the Red Wings. Penguins tonight, Red Wings tomorrow. Then they go on the road for, what, 10 games or 10 days? 10 of the next 10? 11 on the road. Wow, that's, that's, that is a brutal stretch mm-hmm. uh, to be away that much. Um, so, uh, But a chance to uh, continue to, you know, put up the best best record in hockey or one of the best records your in first hockey place anyway. lightning in the atlantic division they passed the panthers with the win on uh, tuesday night how about that they're just a machine they're a machine with their five to two win over the ottawa senators so we'll see how they fare tonight so yeah more of your mailbag questions more bucks talk i got some other stuff uh to talk about from the combine as well so we'll do all that tomorrow thanks for listening for steve burstick i'm rick stroud of the Tampa times have a great day everybody 